Welcome to the weekly podcast from Harvest Ridge Church in North Ridgeville, Ohio. Our heart's desire is that you would grow in your love and devotion to Jesus Christ and that these messages will strengthen your daily walk. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at www.harvestridge.net. Good evening, everyone. Christmas Eve here at Harvest Ridge, and you guys all decided to come tonight, so uh, I'm glad we got extra chairs somewhere in this building. Yeah, so you know next year, if you come, you got to be here early to get a good seat, right? There you go, because the good seats are all up here. All those are the bad seats, the cheap seats back there. All right, so um, I was talking to my mom tonight. Um, we were talking, I was driving around, and and I was talking about the sermon series we've been doing about the, the people of Christmas and how we started with Herod as a bad example. Then we went to Simeon, who was an older man who testified of his faith and gave a prophecy. And then Anna, who gave a prophecy. Then this morning we talked about Joseph and his example. And, you know, I guess I can't finish the people of Christmas without talking about Hmm, let me see mama. Yeah, you got to talk about mama, right? So tonight we're going to talk about mama. So um, we're going to be in Luke chapter one. If you got a Bible, you want to follow along. Um, so before we get that far, how do Christmas trees get ready for a night out? They spruce up. What is a Christmas tree's favorite candy? Ornaments. Ornament. All right, there you go. All right. Well, speaking of that, my question was, uh, have you ever got news that evoked a reaction? And I guess that joke evoked a reaction. So, but have you ever got news that evoked a reaction, something happened and you reacted to it? What was your reaction? Think about that. You cut off in traffic, you know, like somebody like cuts directly in front of you. What's the reaction that comes out? How about that first pregnancy test? Was there a reaction then? How about getting fired from a job? I got fired once. All of my years I got fired once. I deserve to be fired. She should have fired me well before I did. Yep, yep. What was my reaction? Hallelujah. I hated that job. That's the reason I was so bad at it. All right. Um, what about that, act, uh, that reaction when he asked you to marry him? Actually... Can we just watch a real quick reaction? I thought this was good enough to show. Speaking of reactions tonight, what's reaction? We got a little video. Yes. <laughs> she was out. There you go. <laughs> now, I'm still waiting on a yes for my marriage proposal, and this guy gets a pass out? Come on. Some guys got it, I guess, right? I asked my wife to marry me, and you know what she said? She said, let's set a date. I'm still waiting on yes. Oh, there you go, finally, after all these years. Hey, you made my night. All right, so we're talking about reactions. I want you for just a second to put yourself in probably a 14 or 15-year-old girl in the backwoods of Israel where you can get stoned for getting uh, pregnant out of wedlock. And for a second, I want us to think about her reaction to this story. Just think about how this 
Could you just for a second put yourself in her spot? Here we go. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth in the town of Galilee. To a virgin, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. Now the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly highly favored. The Lord is with you. (laughs) Here's her reaction. She was what? Yeah, wouldn't you be a little troubled if you're just going along and an angel shows up and says, Greetings! The Lord is with you. By the way, those of you that think angels are like these little cute little thingies like this big with little butterfly wings, uh, just look. Every, do, by the way, every time anyone saw an angel in the Bible, do you know what the first words were? Do not fear. Why do you think that was? Because they were pretty fearful, right? All right, so an angel shows up, and Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, here it is. Don't be afraid, Mary. Yeah, just imagine, you're at home tonight in your bedroom, right? And all of a sudden, some dude standing there at the foot of your bed going, hey, hey, Joe, highly favored among God. And you're going to be like, what? (laughs) No wonder she was greatly troubled, right? All right, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. She asked a very good question. How will this be, said Mary, since I'm a virgin? By the way, she was a virgin. Yeah, that's why we call her Virgin Mary. No, that's not Virgil and Mary. That's Virgin Mary. Anyway, that's a kid's joke from years gone by. She was a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. And then listen to her reaction. Y'all ready here? I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. All right, those were a re- immediate reaction. Listen, immediate reaction. First of all, she was immediately troubled. And then she sought more information. How will this be? And then, you know, this sort of, this sort of reads like a real story. If an angel comes to you, you're troubled. And then he says something amazing. You're like, hey, how's that going to happen? And then her last reaction was, okay, what you want, God, not what I want. All right, that being said, that's her immediate reaction. But there's something in the core of who Mary was that I want to look at tonight because her long-term reaction is a reaction she actually thought out and planned. So can we look at the reaction she thought out and planned? This is, this is how she truly responded to the message that she would give birth to Jesus. So, would you stand to your feet in honor of God's Word? Teach these young ones to stand to their feet in honor of God's Word. We do that around here, right? Yeah, if it's old-fashioned, I don't care. Allow me to be an old-fashioned guy a little bit, all right? Because I really believe Jesus died on the cross, was buried, and was resurrected on the third day. And if somebody can call that, pull that off, and do that, then I figure they deserve all the respect I can give them, right? 
All right, so Jesus is my Lord, not because it's a good church thing to do or not because I get goosebumps. Jesus is Lord because he died on the cross, paid for my sins, was buried, and on the third day resurrected from the dead. And if you can pull that off, you'll be the only person in the history of the world, and I'm going to believe in you. Because I went to Uncle Eddie's funeral. He's still dead, right? They went to Jesus' funeral. He's still alive. All right, here's our story. Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble estate of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his army. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He, the, he has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful, and to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And you're like, what is that? That, that is called Mary's song. It has rhyme. It has rhythm. It has meter. It is intentionally written as her song. So do you know what Mary did? Mary made up a song. I started to go. She, she went P. Diddy on it, but yeah, anyway. she made up a song. And she taught the song. Wow. So let's look real quick for the next couple of moments on what the reaction of Mary was to the news she was going to give birth to a child, even though she was a virgin, and this child would be the king of the world. What is her reaction? And I believe in this song, we can find the core of who she was as a person and what she wants to pass on to us. So Father, I pray that tonight you would uh, speak to us in these moments and our hearts would be open to the song of Mary. We pray Amen. Amen. You got to turn and high five somebody and say Merry Christmas to them. You got to do it. So give them a Merry Christmas and a high five. All right. So if you got a Bible, what we're going to do is we're going to walk through the text very quick. Um, the reason we're going to walk through the text is the four, there are four core values that Mary exposes about her belief in God in this song. And there are four values that I think would be good for us to embrace tonight about who God is by the way Mary responded. Uh, she starts by saying, God is mindful. God is mindful. Um, now, all right, so when I hear God is mindful, that doesn't mean a lot to me. So I did some research, all right? Y'all willing to think deeper than a two-minute Christmas Eve, I'm here because I'm supposed to be? All right, y'all ready? This mindful part, when I went to the Greek and I looked it up, what, it doesn't say God is mindful. What it says is oblepomen. And oblepo, blepo in Greek means I see. And do you know what it says? It says that God sees me. Now we read God is mindful of me, but that's not what Mary said. Well, yeah, it's what she meant. She basically said, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. No, <laughs> no. 
But, but we, you notice how we attributed God attributes to Santa Claus? Um, and I think there's something to be said for this time of year. We're reminded that we are being watched. And God himself is watching you. And the use of those words, that he has been mindful of the humble estate of his servant, he has been mindful. That mindful is God sees me. Do you know God sees you? I don't care whether you're having a great Christmas or a lousy Christmas. I don't care whether this is the best year of your life or the worst year of your life. God sees you. God is watching you. He likes to, do you know what? The Old Testament prophets, you know what they said about God? They said that God is watching us so much that you are literally the apple of his eye. He is looking at you because he takes joy in you. Now, I got a grandbaby now. Got two of them. And uh, one day, my granddaughter was at my house playing. And I remember I was just standing there, peeking around the corner, just watching her. She wasn't doing anything special. She was just playing. But do you know why I was watching her? Because I find joy in her. And you know what God is doing right now? He's watching you. He has been mindful. God has been watching to see my humble life. Not your awesome life, but your humble life. What you think about when nobody's around, what you struggle with, what the little battles that you fight and win the right way, God is watching. Now, all right, so theologically, just back up here, deep story. This whole portion of the book of Luke harkens back to the story of Hagar. And when uh, Hagar was, well, let me see, there's also intertextuality. I wanted to deal with this with Samuel's story and all this. There's a lot of stuff crammed in here that's in the Old Testament that is pulling back themes from things that have happened in Israel's past. And one of those is the story of Hagar. So if y'all, do y'all remember Abraham? In, Abraham had many sons and many sons had Father Abraham and I am one of them. So, all right. Come on, we need to do more kids' church songs around here. <laughs> All right. Abraham had a wife named Hagar, but she was not the wife of the promise. She was the wife that was rejected. And then he had the wife of the promise, which was Sarah. Do y'all remember this story at all? And then Hagar feels like she is ostracized because she gets kicked out of the house and goes away. And as she's away and she's at the low point in Hagar's life, she says this, Genesis 16, 13. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God. Could you put that up, Genesis 16, 13? You are the God who what? I, I just want to say one thing to you. God sees you. No matter what you're in, God sees you. People whose lives are turned upside down, sometimes they feel like they're left all alone. But the whole time, God is watching. Do you know why God is watching you? Because he cares. He cares. Second thing we know about Mary, what Mary says about God, is that God is powerful. Now, Mary actually uses two words here in the original language, two words to talk about power. There's two different words. The first one is dunamis. She says, Luke 149, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Now, this dunamis is more, it's an ability. It's a, it's a power to move things. 
We get our word dynamite from it. And you know what happens when you light a stick of dynamite? It blows up, right? Yeah. All right. Anybody like them 80s in here beside me? Yeah. Firecrackers? Any firecracker crazies? I love watching things blow up. Anyway, she, she calls God the one with that kind of power, the mighty one, the one that when he speaks, things happen. But she calls him something else too. She calls him Kratos. Luke uh, 151, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. Now, Kratos is a different kind of power. Kratos is the kind of power that, uh, let me see, what's a good way of saying it? It's a power of peop- to move people. There's a power to blow things up and to make things happen in the, you know, uh, among matter. But then there's a power that's a power over people and governments and systems. And God is not only the God that can speak and bang, out comes all the light of the universe, but God is also the God that can move governments and people and situations. So Mary is recognizing that God is powerful. And um, actually, I did a CNIV for this one, which if those of you that are new, uh, when I translate things directly from the Greek, I make it the CNIV, which stands for the Crow's Nearly Inspired Version. Okay. And here it is. He has made power in his arm. God has power in his arm. He can do whatever he wants to. Nothing is outside the power of God. The third thing she says about him is God is holy. God is holy. The word literally means that God is separate from this world. He is different. He is other. Holy means not like us. God is above and separate from us. Most of the people I know who struggle with God and want to, you know, like disconnect from God, most of them struggle with God because their problem is this. They have created a God in their brain that is a God just like them. And what I want to say to you is, you, if I had your version of God, I might be an atheist too. But if you have God's version of God, that's a little different. Because God is different and more powerful and more awesome and all-knowing and all-just and all-merciful and all-loving. He is all of those things. If God is all of those things, he is holy. Revelation 4, 8. When, all right, so when the Bible wants to describe God, the number one word used is Holy. Revelation 4, 8, each of the four living creatures had six wings, was covered with eyes all around, even under its wing. Day and night, they never stopped saying. What did they say? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And that goes back to Isaiah 6 and all the other places in the Bible. Because when people realize who God is, the answer is, you're not like me. You're holy. All right? All right, so our view of God sometimes get a little twisted by the package we put on him. So I went to Taiwan when I was a teen. Well, I was, yeah, I guess I was 20 years old, 19, 20 years old. I went to Taiwan. I was on a missions trip. I spent an entire summer in Taiwan. 
I learned things there that just changed my world. The missions trip, it was great. It was an amazing time. But something happened. I had a buddy there that wanted a Rolex watch. And he, we were walking down the street in Taiwan. Hold on. Think of where we're at. We're in Taiwan. This is before Bangladesh took over Taiwan. This is before India took over Taiwan. Taiwan used to be, because every shirt you now have is made in where? Bangladesh or India, right? Indonesia, right? Back then it was Taiwan. So we're walking down the street and he looks over and there's a Rolex watch. And he's like, I want this Rolex watch. How much is it? They started at $25 and he got them down to $15 for a Rolex watch. Think about this. He paid $15 for a Rolex. It said Rolex on it. It was big and clunky. And you know what? You know what? For the rest of the summer, it never kept time once. <laughs> Do you know why? It wasn't a Rolex. It may have had the name on it, but it wasn't a Rolex. And my problem that I have with so many of us is we think we're getting a God when actually we're getting our version of God. We're getting the old Taiwan version of God. And one, do, you know, do you know what Mary said? Mary said, God is holy. And if you have a fake view of God, it won't work like that Rolex won't work. Last thing we know about God is he's merciful. Psalm of praise is very similar to Hannah's psalm in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Hannah's praise, though, it, it, so this portion of scripture is actually modeled after Hannah's praise. And Hannah's praise is more about her triumph over her enemies. But in Mary, her praise is that she's just grateful that God noticed her. Hannah's excited that God gave her the victory. Mary is just thrilled to be noticed. Think about Mary, a girl who literally helped change the world, was just happy to be noticed as a teenager. She said, God sees her and God is merciful to me. And I... I'd like to speak. Maybe there's a teenager in this room. And you think you feel all awkward in your body and that nobody understands. I just want to tell you that there's a God who sees you, who loves you, who knows you, who understands you, who cares about you, and is merciful to you. All right. I got all kinds of things to say, but I'm going to end it right here with one illustration, all right? I'm going to ask the band to come on up. All right, y'all ready? My wife is sometimes merciful to me. You see, I love mashed potatoes. I love mashed potatoes so much that me and my youngest daughter made up a song. When we come in and Robin's making mashed potatoes, we do it. Mashed potatoes! Maybe you don't do things like that in your house, but I do in mine. And you know what? Mashed potatoes are awesome. Come on. They are, right? If your mashed potatoes aren't as good as my wife's, I'm sorry, but my goodness, she makes the best, and they are amazing. And that is like this time of year. Do you know what will happen tomorrow? Probably, she'll probably make mashed potatoes tomorrow or the next day. And you know what's going to happen? I'm going to walk into the kitchen. I'm going to go, mashed potatoes! <laughs> and you know what she's going to do? You know what she ought to do? 
She ought to say, get out of the kitchen, I'm busy working. But do you know what she's going to do? She's going to take one of those beaters. And she's going to reach down in the bowl and she's going to load me up one of those beaters. And she is going to give me the mercy of Robin. Do you know what God is merciful means? It means that you don't deserve it and he's busy running the universe and everything. But do you know what? When you walk around the corner and you say, God, could you help? He's going to get a beater full of mercy and love and grace. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to say, here you go, kiddo. You're my kiddo. I love you. I've been watching you. And my call to you tonight is very simple as this, all right? I just want to be very, very clear. If you've got any view of God that doesn't accept that kind of mercy and love from an all-powerful God that can rule the universe and make it with a word and control the powers of this government in this world, if you have any other view of that, you've got a false view of God. And the view of God you should have is this. Not only is that he's all-powerful, he's all-holy, he's all-amazing, but that he also wants to give you a beater full of his mercy. So Jesus, I pray tonight our hearts would be open to all of your mercy and love. With your head still bowed, I want to ask you a question. If you're in this room tonight and you do not know the love of Jesus Christ, you don't have that kind of relationship with God that you accept his mercy and you would like to have it right now. You would like to receive that mercy and that love and that forgiveness, if you would like to receive that tonight, I'd like you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Around this room, right now. You want to receive the mercy and love of God. Yes. There are others? Father, I pray that these who have lifted their hands to receive your mercy you would give it. You see them. Show them your love. Embrace them with your kindness, your love, your compassion. And show them that you see them and you care. In the name of Jesus, grant them new life. In the name of Jesus, we pray it. Amen. Amen. Oh, can I, can I end this? Can you put up on the screen that final verse? Because this is what Mary did. She said, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Do you know what she literally was saying? God, I make you large and I make your glory awesome. Because you notice me, I'm going to praise you. So you know what I'd like us to do here at this ending? I'd like us to praise God. Would you stand and let's sing this song together?